Hello there and welcome back to another episode of Fully Booked, the Hidden Gems author podcast in which Craig Touch and myself, Roland Hume, uh, discuss all of the latest news and updates about this crazy business of self-publishing that we are in. And today we are actually taking a break from what we've been doing for the last few months and it is just going to be Craig and myself talking about some of the industry news and things like that. So I get only one person to introduce now, the man himself, Craig Touch founder and owner of Hidden Gems Books and an author himself. How are you doing today, Craig? I'm doing well. Thanks, Roland. Yeah, we, you know, last time we did this uh, was back, I was just looking, you know, back in April. And uh, at the time, I think we thought we were going to be doing it, you know, every month or two. So it's been a little, been a little while. Uh, but, you know, I guess we just, uh, we had so many guests that we didn't, you know, we didn't really have time to, to squeeze one in. Uh, on our own, but but I wanted to do this one just because uh, there's been a couple things come up, and uh, one main one, and it's like one of the issues that I think we talked about. Um, uh, well, I definitely wrote a blog about it back in April. I'm not sure if we mentioned it or not in the last uh, industry news podcast. Um, so there's so there's a few things to discuss, and um, I. Uh, well, let's just jump right in with that one because that's like the most uh, recent development, which is basically Amazon has uh, just announced that they will be um, amending their return policy. So if people uh, aren't familiar or just as a quick refresher, uh, back in April, um, there was a big you know, online to-do about the fact that even though Amazon's policy hadn't changed, um, all of a sudden there were a bunch of social media and TikTok videos and stuff of people posting um, about Amazon's very lackadaisical return policy in the, in the sense that people could for, they had seven days after buying a book where they could um, return it. No questions asked, no matter how much of it they've read. So, you know, if people read a whole book and within seven days, click a button, return it, get your money back. No problem. Um, and like I said, that that's always been the policy, um, and it's not necessarily that people were happy with it, but you know, it wasn't really making news because it wasn't being um, overly abused. Let's say, uh, but uh, these TikTok videos were actually actively telling people, "Hey, here's how you get free books." <laughs> you know, forget libraries. Uh, you know, go to uh, go to Amazon, buy whatever book you want. As long as you can read it in a, in a week, refund it, get all your money back, start over. So obviously, um, as that got really popular, you know, millions of views, uh, authors started reporting seeing upticks in, in their returns. And uh, lots of noise was created at that time by authors. There was a, um, there was a, uh, uh, like a, a change.org petition that's been signed by close to 80,000 people at this point asking Amazon to change it. Um, but this was back in April. So it's been, um, you know, five or six months since then. And I think a lot of people figured nothing was happening, but there were a couple big industry groups involved. Um, the, uh, the authors guild was one of them and they had been in talks with Amazon to, um, to resolve the issue or to do something about the issue. And just uh, this week, last week, uh, it was announced that Amazon is changing their policy, although they still claim that they um, 
they saw no discernible spike in returns during that period. And I'll, I'll get into that in a bit, but, um, but they did agree to change the policy. And the new policy is that, uh, as far as I know, it's still seven days, but you have to, um, you can only click the return button if you have read less than 10% of the book, or maybe it's 10% or less. Um, and if you haven't, then the button to click return is disabled. And so now it doesn't, that doesn't mean you can't return necessarily. Uh, they haven't really, you know, this policy is just announced, not even in place yet, but um, they didn't give more details than just really that. So we don't really know what happens, but but what the process is supposedly is, is that you, if you want to return something after 10%, you would actually have to call in and talk to a customer service rep, make your case, they'll review it, and then determine whether or not um, you get a refund. So, uh, yeah, that's the gist of it. Any thoughts of yours on that? <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I can, I, while I can completely understand, like, all those frustrations with it, it was a system that seemed to be doing okay. I very rarely got any returns of my books and things like that. But, yeah, when all these people on TikTok started using it as a hack, then... I don't know. I part of me wonders if the reason Amazon ended up doing this is because it wasn't just self-published books you can return after to seven, well, before seven days. It was all Kindle books. So if you went to one of the big top five, Simon and Schuster or Penguin or something like that, and got one of their twenty dollar Kindle books and read it within seven days, you could return that as well. And so, so maybe I mean to me that's where the if I was an unethical person, that would be where the appeal of like buying a book and returning it would be. So maybe like Amazon always do, if you're a big publisher and you you have a problem, then they're actually going to listen to you. Whereas if you're the little guy, then they don't. Uh, yeah, I'm, every book can be, every ebook can be subject to this and it always has been. And so I'm sure that there was pressure from those, um, from the big publishers. Well, it, it, you know, it, it really depends. It depends on whether or not, you know, they were seeing, those publishers were seeing um, any uptick in returns. Um, and, it, you know, what I, and I, I'll talk about this in the blog that I'm writing as well, but I, but, you know, there's only so much and you know, I tend to write these really long <laughs> blogs. <laughs> so since, since we were able to record this, you know, I, I'm going to try to keep that one short for me. Um, and, and then talk a little bit more here in, in some of the more details, but, um, you know, it, it wasn't everybody being affected. Like you said, you didn't necessarily notice any uptick in returns. I didn't really, although my books, you know, are mainly, you know, backlist stuff that I haven't really touched in a while. So, uh, but, you know, if you read at the time, um, the, you know, the forums and such, you would see like, there would be people saying, Hey, I I'm seeing huge number of returns this month. I saw, you know, five times as much, whatever, you know, a lot more, but then you'd also see, just as many people saying I haven't noticed anything, right? So it, it was really just certain people. And I think that that kind of makes sense to me, right? Like it's like, to me, there's there's two um, things that could have, could happen and they would both, um, they would both lead to different results. And the one is if the change was due to something that actually changed, like Amazon's uh, policy change and made it easier to re return. I think we would have seen 
more returns across the board. Whereas yeah. if it was just a change because of um, ex- uh, increased ex- uh, increased awareness to an existing thing, then you're going to only see returns from in certain areas. Like these people that have their TikToks, they're people that blog about books and authors, their followers have this have similar tastes in books and authors so those books and authors are going to see higher numbers of returns because the exposure and the you know the like the the videos are are targeted and they're going to people that you know are more likely to be buying those person's books right so or the, that genre or whatever so i think that yeah, and then that makes sense because that's that is what it is. It wasn't a change in in how Amazon worked. It was simply exposure to it. So um, we saw a rise just from certain people, just but certainly not across the board. Um, and obviously, people are gonna if they're seeing the issue, they're gonna complain about it a lot more than you know. People don't log in and post on forums. Everything's going the same as it was yesterday. You know, <laughs> they only complain when things have changed. So I think you know we saw people complaining, uh, and we saw people you know usually in rebuttal saying I didn't see anything. But I think you know there was a lot more people that didn't see anything, and they they just they're not going to come on and go looking and go posting about it necessarily, right? So uh, that's not to say that there was an issue and and it shouldn't be fixed, but I think it was fairly limited. So when you look at Amazon's stance on it, and this is the part that I sort of like touched on in my blog, but I didn't really go into a lot of detail, um, their stance of, uh, we saw no discernible spike. You know, some people are, you know, find that questionable. And listen, I do, you know, too, in a way that like, are they going to tell you the truth if they did see it? Like, probably not, right? Because that would probably open them up to lawsuits if they said, oh, yeah, you know, (laughs) people are taking advantage of this. Like, people would probably start suing them if they admitted it. Uh, so they're obviously going to say they didn't really see a spike. But I honestly think that it's very plausible that they didn't because, you know, um, they don't release their numbers. So it's hard to, um, you know, their their numbers of, let's say, book ebook sales. Right. So it's hard to really, really come up with like some some um, some hard data. But if you were to just make some, you know, guesstimates and some. Uh, you know, based on on actual fact and what you do know, let's let's pick a number of how many ebooks we think Amazon sells in a month. Like, what do you think is a realistic number? Uh, like, I don't know, ten million. Uh, like, I, I mean, I have no idea. That's a really interesting one because you think the just on Kindle Unlimited alone, it's like their monthly fund is. 35 million or something like that. I think that. it was 45 last time, right? Yeah. 45 million, which is yeah. incredible. And right. uh, yeah, so and how that's many... by page read, right? So, in the, and I think it's something like half a cent. Um, yeah. You know, around that. So I had calculated this out just based on that because, uh, you know, and it, it was like, I forget now, something like was it 80 million or 800 million or I don't know, pages read or whatever. And, it's a lot, right? And obviously, that's pages read, um, not books sold. So, I don't. Know. I figure like ten million is probably a conservative estimate of how many ebooks they sell in a month. Yeah, I think that's absolutely. absolutely. Okay. So let's take ten million as as our estimate. If you then um, looked at how many returns they might get, right? So again, it's not something they report on, but the industry retail average of returns. 
um, across products in general is about 16, 15 or 16 percent. So if you were, let's just round it to 15, make it easy. Uh, if you were to say 15% of 10 million, you know, that's 1.5 million. So if they're expecting 1.5 million returns in a given month, and of course this is an average, right? So some some months, maybe there'll be 1.3, 1.4 million returns. Some months, maybe there'll be 1.6, 1.7 million returns because it's just an average, right? Christmas, right after Christmas, there's probably like way more and maybe that skews the average, right? So it's an average. So that's a pretty big range of, you know, if you say, let's say 1.2 to 1.7 or or even 1.3 to 1.7, you know, if like three, 400, 500,000 units of returns probably is a variance every month. If they were then to say, well, okay, is, are the returns pushing us past that variance. I doubt that they were, because of this, they were seeing more than a few hundred thousand returns in a month, right? I I mean, again, like this is just me guessing based on, you know, what I've seen out there. I don't think the industry was seeing hundreds of thousands of returns. They were, you know, seeing lots, um, you know, thousands probably, uh, maybe tens of thousands, but I doubt that they were seeing enough to put them into the no discernible <laughs> spike, you know, to, to be able to really say that that is, that's got to be a lie, right? I think it's very, very possible that, you know, sure, there was an increase, but it probably wasn't enough to really make a difference based on how much they sell, right? And how much is normally returned. I think I'd agree with you. And I, uh, I mean, anecdotally the people i've seen complaining about it tended to be part of very specific niches like shifter romances there are people saying like oh i'm getting so many more uh returns so maybe part of the the book talk audience who saw this and responded to it were the part that used to to read those books in particular you're right like the the audience who read books on such a uh uh, uh, so wide and so varied. I mean, how many people who read Lee Child books are also following Book Talk uh, and, and like that? So I think maybe what happened is there was a disp- disparate number of returns on specific genres of books affecting specific authors, but it was pretty much a wash over the uh, returns as a whole. Yeah, like I, I, I'm sure there was, you know, an increase, but but not enough to really move the dial and be able to say, like, for sure, for sure. Like, over a period of time, maybe that if they watched it, you know, maybe they would be able to see it slowly creeping up. But I, I doubt it was a significant enough. Now, that's not to say it shouldn't be fixed. And and so they have taken action, or they, they have announced that they will take action. Uh, but but I guess in my, my point is simply that, like, let's put it in context here. Like, we are probably not talking about uh, like a massive number of returns overall, but obviously the people that it affected, it affected and, you know, they are well within their rights to be upset about it. So hopefully this problem will, um, or the solution that they've, that they've offered will, um, will help. And I think it will, right. Personally, and this probably won't be a, popular opinion but i actually don't think 10 percent is even enough i think i personally i would i would have said 20 percent would be better and and the reason for that is you know they already have the look inside right and the look inside is already showing you 10 percent and now i'm not saying everyone uses that but 
if if someone was to look at the look inside and they're interested in the book and they go through it and they're still not convinced, would you rather them say, well, I can't return the book if I buy it, uh, so I'm not going to, you know, and they've already signed, seen the 10%. So, you know, would you rather them not take a chance at all or would you rather them take the chance and maybe be happy it and maybe they won't, maybe they'll return it. But you wouldn't, if if they don't take the chance, you don't get the sale. If they do take the chance, you get the sale some of the time, right? Minus the returns. So you're kind of like, let's say a, a book has 20 chapters. Uh, 10% is only two chapters. Can you always make a decision if you like a book on two chapters? Out of, you know, given that they were all equal size, right? Like, I don't know. I, I'm sure I've read books where by two chapters, I, I wasn't totally sold on the book. And if if the decision at that point to me was um, keep reading and 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 swallow the swallow the, I, I'm not somebody who returns but if I was somebody who returns books like legitimately returns books I would I would I say to myself um you know I want to take the chance I'm not sold after two chapters but you know maybe I'll just I don't want to take the chance I'll I'll return the book whereas in the past it would be like I'll take the chance and maybe I'd liked it. And so then I wouldn't return it. So now we're saying they have to make that decision within 10% of the book. I don't know. To me, I'd rather give them an extra 10%, give them the 20%. You know, it gives me more time to draw them in as a reader and, and sell them on the book before them having to make that decision about, I can't return it if, you know, if I, uh, if I keep going and don't like it. I mean, you're absolutely, if it's a 300 page book, that's 10% is 30 pages. And that's, you know, you could read 30 pages in a couple of minutes and not still not have made up your mind. Yeah. And I've quit books halfway through or something like that sometimes because you just don't yeah. finish them. Yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah. So I, I don't know. Like, anyway, so like this is what they've announced, you know. And again, it's, it's, it doesn't mean you can't return. They've all they've done is they've added this extra layer of annoyance, right? Now you got to contact customer service and you've got to talk to them. Now, nobody knows what the criteria will be. And honestly, <laughs> I don't think that the criteria for returns is going to be high. Like right. it, it may just be, you know, hi, I would like to return this book I bought. And even though I've read the whole thing, and they might be like, okay, <laughs> you know, like who knows, right? Hopefully it's more than that. Hopefully it's like, you know, they have some sort of rules, but we also know that it's going to go to first level reps. Like they're not going to have a dedicated, you know, set of people for this. And those first level reps are rarely trained well because they just have to know everything about every potential thing that people might call about. And you can get one answer from one and another from another. And so I don't know, like in, in, in a perfect world, they'd have certain thresholds like, oh, you read the whole book, then probably they have to have a really good reason why they need to return it. Or they've only read X amount. Well, then just let them return it. Or they've read this much. Well, ask them these questions and, you know, give them a bit of a hard time. Like, I don't know, maybe they'll have those criteria. Even if they do, will people follow them or will it be like, I'm getting paid based or my performance is based on how many calls I can get through. So yeah, here's your return. Check. Here's your turn. Click. Here's your return. Click. Like, I don't know. But, but I think even if it is that, I think it still will help because there's lots of people that just won't take that extra step. It's so much easier to go in and just click return than it is to make that call sit on hold. If there's whole, you know, and, and then say to the person and, and feel guilty about it, especially if you're, if, if why you're doing it is not a legitimate reason, you know, now you have to actually face somebody and admit to it as opposed to the anonymity of just clicking return. 
Yeah, and I think I I would be quite happy if somebody had made the effort to call Amazon up. I'd be like, okay, just give them a refund. And that's what happens. I don't know if it's the same in Canada, but in in America, like you can return anything to a store and pretty much be guaranteed a refund without anybody arguing with it. I mean, I I've gone to Home Depot. I was putting in ceiling fans, and like I I kept breaking the ceiling fans and returned them. Got a new ceiling fan. Broke that one. Returned it. Got a, I went through three times and like never ask any questions so i don't think ebooks is where amazon is going to plant its its flag in the sand and say you shall not pass yeah i i think they just they just they want to make it a little bit harder i i honestly i really hope that i there's very little reason i can think of where it's justifiable if you've read a whole book to to return it I mean, you've read the book. I don't care. If you didn't like it, you should have stopped reading it. Or you should have said to yourself, I mean, I'm going to push through and read this whole thing, even though I don't like it. But that's a decision I'm making and I'm keeping the book. Like, I I just, I don't, I personally don't think anybody should ever be allowed to return something that they've entirely used. Uh, you know, I get it in real life or not in real life, but in, in uh, paperbacks, you could sell it to a used bookstore and, you know, can't do that with ebooks but generally ebooks are cheaper than paperbacks and um you know I, I just and they're more versatile there's other pros to them and you know and you're not getting very much i don't know how much you get where you are but um you know they they sell paperbacks for a couple bucks they're not giving people very much for them um so listen i i think that their policy change is is very welcome in my opinion is it perfect no but i mean i think it really makes things better nobody's expecting that they're going to say no to all returns um but you know they're going to at least make it harder at least make it so that you know you just can't go in and be like quick return 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 so i think that alone is is a positive right yeah. And I think if nothing else is going, I imagine the people who are abusing it to, to abuse that kind of system, you have to be the kind of person who's like, screw the author. I'm just going to take that. I don't think most people would do that in general. So maybe this is just a way to, to cut out the people who are repeat offenders. I mean, if you return 10 books in a month and now you have to call up and be like, this is the 10th time I've called this month to return this book. Amazon might, you know, red flag you. So I think you're right. I think this is perhaps extending the amount to be more than 10% would be fair. But I think this is pretty much as good as they could make the system. Yeah. And I think, you know, people have to also consider the potential. Um, I don't want to like, well, listen, I read this, I read this on a forum. So it's not like I'm like coming up with, they're going to give people ideas, but um, you know, there is the potential for, if if you were to say no reviews after or sorry no um, returns after ten percent or whatever the percentage is and be like okay that's it like you can't even call in right what would happen at that point well one thing that might happen is that somebody is now stuck with a book they didn't like and they're going to take it out by leaving a bad review yeah so I, I mean I personally think that the idea that they can still if they really don't like the book and they really are frustrated about it and want to get their money back give them their money back. I would rather they get the money back than go off and write a, a terrible review about it because they're angry that they couldn't return it, right? I'm not saying everybody would do that, but I bet you some people would. Absolutely. Oh, you know me, I'm Scottish. I'm petty as anything when it comes to stuff like that. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, okay. So uh, this is that's that's the policy change. They just all they've said is that it's going to come later this year. Um they just announced it I think uh like a week ago or less than a week ago. I don't know. 
uh, by the time, you know, we're going to put this out, it'll be a couple weeks, but either way. So that is the first thing I wanted to talk about today. Uh, the next few are, are kind of really just short little things, I think. Um, the one is, uh, I just want to do like a, a few updates on things that we've talked about or blogged about in the past. Um, one is the vellum. There was a vellum issue a little while back where uh, once Amazon made their uh, announcement that they were switching and dropping Mobi files and going to EPUB files, there was a while there where vellum was not... Um, uh, certain types of vellum files weren't compatible, right? And so we were having that issue where uh, authors were sending us in vellum files that were created um, and uh, the, 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 sorry, the, the, um, the vellum creates, I guess, two different types of Mobi files. One is, uh, or sorry, of EPUB files. One was an Amazon version, I guess, and one was a uh, generic version. And for a while, the, the Amazon version wasn't working when people would send it to their Kindle. So we were suggesting everyone send us the generic. Uh, but they they have since fixed that. Um, and actually, it wasn't even Vellum that fixed it because it, it was an Amazon issue. Amazon, their files were not compatible. They weren't following the, the, you know, the EPUB formats properly or whatever. Amazon made a fix. So now, regardless of what version of Vellum you have, um, if your intention is to send an EPUB to a Kindle device, you should use the, uh, the Kindle version, uh, not the generic. Apparently the generic, if you send that, it'll still work um, and it'll still look fine, I think in most cases on a Kindle, but uh, there are cases where it might have formatting issues according to Vellum. Like for instance, the whole book might be in italics. So they just suggest, uh, I actually had a good conversation with uh, somebody over email from Vellum and they were explaining all the issues to me. So that is something that um, I just wanted to update people on. Uh, another thing since uh, sort of on that same sort of topic of the Mobi and EPUB stuff, right? Amazon, when they made this announcement, the cutover, uh, the complete drop of, of uh, Mobi files was, I believe, September. Uh, or end of August, whatever it was. Um, I don't know. Have you uploaded anything recently? Do you know if they are just now not accepting uh, Mobi files at all on the back end? Now, that's interesting because I normally, when I upload things, I'll normally upload a Word document and let it convert it into a format. But I have yeah. noticed it used to be super simple to be able to download a Mobi file, which you could then use to, to upload to BookFunnel and things like that. So I used to take my Word document upload it to, to Kindle, then before I publish the book, download the preview and use that through Calibre to get my EPUB and my different versions. And now I've noticed you can't do that. You actually have to download and install the Amazon Previewer and do it through there. And I haven't actually figured out how to do it through there. So that's, it's like an added frustrating step because just like you said with Vellum, you know, having the Amazon version means it looks right. And it's frustrating when you can't download like the, the Amazon Mobi anymore, because that means you have to create your own one through Calibre or something. And sometimes it doesn't look right. Right. Yeah. And so uh, one frustrating thing about all this, though, uh, is that Amazon's own application, their send to Kindle application, doesn't support EPUB. Yeah. <laughs> and uh so you can st you can send EPUBs to your Kindle device, but you have to do it through email. You have to send those EPUBs as an attachment to your at Kindle 
email address that's associated to your your device, right? And so that's generally what we um, suggest that people do. But but Amazon, you know, a long time ago created this little sort of browser extension, or, or um, uh, on Windows, you know, it's a once you install it, you can right click on a file and say send to Kindle, and it'll send that to Kindle. You don't have to attach it to an email, go through all those steps. But they're but they haven't updated that app. And a lot of people use it. So, uh, you know, when this first happened, I was getting all sorts of reports from people saying they couldn't do it. And it always turned out that they were trying to do it through the Send to Kindle application. And, I, you know, I was looking at it today uh, because I saw this article um, on, I don't know, EPUB Reader or E, E, good, good e-reader.com, basically. And it said, Amazon Send to Kindle for EPUB is now live. And this was August 26th. And they, you know, they said uh, they announced a couple months ago that the Send to Kindle will support EPUB files. The service is now live. You can use the Send to Kindle apps for PC or Mac. Blah blah blah. Well, I tested it, and it doesn't look live to me. <laughs> I could not get it to work. I installed, uh, you know, I downloaded it again and installed it. it. Doesn't say it's been updated. I uh, clicked the help, and it took me to, you know, something that showed me that the. the uh, supported file types and EPUB is still not not listed there. So I don't know. If you guys get working, let us know in the comments. <laughs> but I personally could not. And, it, you know, to me, it's silly. Like, it's unbelievably silly that it doesn't work, right? Because they obviously can do the conversion because you can send it through email. So yeah. all you're doing is you're sending an EPUB. It goes to Amazon. Uh, they, they get the email. They, they take that file, they convert it, and they put it on your Kindle. Well, the send to Kindle is doing like the exact same thing. It's not doing, or it shouldn't be doing the conversion, right? All it should be doing is taking that EPUB and sending it to Amazon directly instead of through an email. And then at that point, once Amazon has it, it should be the exact same process, convert it, right? And so to me, like it's really just that their app doesn't recognize EPUB. And so it won't let you support it, select it. And if you try to drag it in, it says it's not supported because it's looking at the extension. And I would be shocked if the change that they had to make was more than just allowing that extension to go through. I don't know. Uh, so why it's taking this long and they st- they couldn't even make, you know, their, their cut up their own cut date. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> That's... Well, Je- Jeff Bezos has a lot of a lot of time to, to he has to focus on going to space and things. So, well, yeah. he's I mean he's not even the CEO anymore, right? He's uh, he stepped down a while back. So, and, but but it, it's frustrating. It's really frustrating. And I think one of the problems is we are always at the whim of Amazon, aren't we? It's like Amazon has a change, or it doesn't have a change, or it does something, and and we stuck at the the bottom end as publishers self-publishers normally there's not even somebody we can talk to and complain about it i mean it is one of the continuing frustrations not just with amazon but with other big behemoth companies like you know the trouble i've been having with facebook and things like that it's just they're so big you can't speak to a real person and so these problems can just persist for months and months and months and nothing ever happens about them yeah uh, i mean it's true it's it's super frustrating and um you know, especially when it's not even like it's not even that they're interacting with some third party thing like with Vellum, right? Like it's like, 
oh, you know, Vellum is this other application. And so the fact that they don't work, that's, you know, kind of their problem, even though obviously it wasn't because Amazon finally made the change that fixed it. But, um, but you know, this is, <laughs> this is Amazon's app. Like when they announced and they, when they, as, as soon as they said you can do it through email, they should have pushed through an update to that app too. I don't, I, I just, I don't even understand why they didn't, but, and why they still haven't, but months, months later, but you know, I, they have other things to worry about, like you said. And one of those is, which brings us to our last little tidbit. They've launched a new Kindle and not just any old Kindle. This is a Kindle you can write on. So, you know, I guess they're, they're sort of jumping on the stylus bandwagon and they've, uh, they've launched or they've, they've uh, announced the Kindle Scribe, which is a large screen e-reader that can also be written on using a stylus. I don't know. It's, it's so funny because, I mean, I don't know, I guess at the time when they launched the iPhone and stuff, I was like, well, who's going to use that? So maybe I'm, I'm being a, a stick in the mud. But isn't the whole appeal of a Kindle, especially the Paperwhite, it's like the battery lasts forever and all you can do is read on it. So if you want to read, you have your Kindle, you can have a 100 books on there and all you can do with read is read on it. But that's fine because that's all you want to do. So to, to bring in something like this, like the stylus, like what is the use case? Why do they think people are going to find this useful? I, I honestly have no clue. I mean, I agree. An e-reader to me, and I, I use my Kindle pretty much every night. You know, I read before I go to bed, and that helps me fall asleep. Um, and it's for reading. And and it's nice that it's small. I can, you know, hold it in my hand. I can adjust the font because I'm old. You know, I can do all – you can do all those things. You don't need another basically ipad size e-reader it's going to be heavier you're going to hold it maybe it'll have less battery life maybe it won't because it's bigger so maybe they can fit a bigger battery in it i don't know but why do i need to write on it i mean i i get it because they have the kindle fire right which is sort of supposedly i mean it's not an e-reader it's more like a tablet but it supports you know book ebooks and stuff too so why wouldn't they just add it to that i mean do we need to write on our Kindles. I, I'm like you said, I, I don't know what the use case is. Um, am I supposed to, I don't know, mark up the books. Can I even mark up the books or is it, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know enough about it. I, I just read a very quick article. It doesn't really have a lot of, um, a lot of details. So I don't know if it's limited to specific apps that they're now going to have apps on the Kindle. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, or if you can actually like do things in an ebook, like I don't know, take notes in the margins or underline words, or which you can do already, though. That's the yeah, thing. with your finger, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, and look up the words. So yeah, I don't, I don't really, I don't know. I think they're making a product without a market, as far as I can tell. But I don't know. Maybe people will find this useful. I, I, I am the type of person that. Um, does typically get the newest Kindle. I mean, not just because I think it's useful to have and to know about because of Hidden Gems, but, you know, I use it all the time. So there usually is a reason to for me to want to upgrade. And then everybody in the family gets my old version. So they sort of get an upgrade too. But um, I don't I don't see any reason. And look, it's also listed as being like $340. So 
that's well beyond what normal Kindles are. Um, so I just, I don't see any reason why I would want to buy this one. No, because the cheapest Kindle is $99, isn't it? Which is. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, oh, the cheap, the cheapest one. Yeah, maybe. Actually, I, I think it's even cheaper. I feel like I bought one for 79 at one point, but I don't know. But 340 I mean, that's. Uh, I, don't I, I mean, I wonder if you can draw with it, because I guess maybe if the battery lasts longer, then that's fine. But I mean, my son has a drawing pad and it's like this a Wacom tablet and it's so expensive to get the proper drawing thing. So I don't imagine. a. a I don't know. I don't know, but maybe we're just cynical on old. Maybe there is a case uh, for yeah, maybe. But uh, but like if it's still using e-paper, I mean, e-paper has some limitations on how you know the fast the the uh, the refresh is. Like you know, when you switch pages, like it's it's gotten better over the years, but it's still not the same as a tablet screen. So I wonder if they've improved it, or or if you would see some sort of lag or delay when you're drawing, which would make it not as good as just drawing on a regular tablet yeah. plus it's black and white still too right so even if you're going to draw on it what are you going to do with that uh, i mean i don't know <laughs> you can't color it send it to your kindle or send it to your kindle fire send it to your ipad send it to your like and just draw it on those it's funny because we assume that these big companies make decisions like this based off of some kind of case but then so often recently after the fact we found a big company has just decided to do something really dumb like uh who used to make the the blue the blackberries stuff like that that was a company i mean they just kept making bad decisions and eventually went out of business because of it so well, they're not I'm... out of business. They're not out of business. They, they're a um, Canadian company, and they uh, they pivoted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I believe that they I believe that they do security software now, um, but they don't. Yeah, they don't sell Blackberries anymore. That's for sure. Um, but but yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm just looking at Amazon. There's a there's a Kindle Paperwhite Signature Edition Essentials Bundle. That's two hundred and forty dollars. Uh, but um, in general, you know the the all new Kindle uh 2022 release uh that's not the one that has the stylus is 120 bucks so it's a it's a pretty the kindle oasis is 270 it looks like oh that's international version so i mean even if that's top of the line they're still going 100 bucks almost above that so uh yeah i don't know i really uh i don't know the use case for that but Maybe I will ask one. my daughter. My daughter spends her entire time on the, on the Kindle Fire drawing, so so yeah. maybe this would appeal to her. But I don't know. Yeah. It's but otherwise, uh, I think that's it. That's all the news I have for you today. Uh, unless you have anything you've heard about and want to talk about. Not really. No. Um, I think I'm looking forward to to the guests we're going to have in the future. And we've had some really good guests recently, and we've discussed some really interesting things. It's like it's been so yeah. rewarding doing this as a podcast. Yeah, I, I, I'm loving it. I'm enjoying it. It doesn't matter to me. I mean, obviously, you want lots of listeners, but I kind of enjoy it and have fun just chatting with people in the industry. I I, uh, I enjoy sort of talking to people that um, have the same sort of, you know, interests and mindset and, and all that. So, you know, definitely a, something that uh, I definitely plan to keep keep going for as long as people want to come on and talk to us. And as long as people want to listen, it's all good. Absolutely. And that means you're stuck with me too. <laughs> right. 
Well, I guess we'll wrap this up as a short episode. It's been, it's you know, a good, a good 40 minutes. We've got covered some good industry news, but we will be back next week with another episode of uh, Fully Booked. So until then, stay tuned. Do you have any final words, Craig? Nope, that's it. We will talk to you all next week. That sounds wonderful. Until then, cheerio.